Tell me about one of the craziest things you saw at South by this year. There is no shortage. I, I think re- realistically, the, the, the craziest stuff you see, at least in concentration, is on the expo floor. When you get over into the international portion of the trade show floor, it's all like robots um, that are like 3D printing stuff Like while they're coming after you. Every other booth, it's like it has something to do with AI or VR stuff or whatever, AR, VR stuff. Anyway, it's just bizarre. Welcome to Touchpoint, a podcast dedicated to discussions on digital marketing and digital patient engagement strategies for hospitals, healthcare systems, and physician practices. In this podcast, we'll dive deep into a variety of topics on the digital tools, solutions, strategies, and processes that are impacting our industry today. We hope to share a lot of great information and have fun along the way. And now, here are your hosts, Reed Smith and Chris Boyer. Welcome to episode 110, live from South by Southwest. I guess we're not technically live. The interviews that you'll hear later were recorded live from South by Southwest, but uh, this is the annual episode where we talk uh, about my experiences traversing the halls of all the hotels in downtown Austin. And the annual episode where I sit up here in cold Minnesota, being jealous of the fact that you're going through this amazing conference. Ooh, it was a little warm. I'll be honest. I was uh, wearing a backpack. I was getting a little sweaty. You know, <laughs> oh, <down> boy. <laughs> <laughs> now you're just rubbing it in. Yeah, there was the weather mentioned at the beginning of the show. But you needed the backpack for all that swag that you were picking up, right, at the show? Is that right? That's right. All the black T-shirts and, um, yeah, stuff like that. So The expo floor is... is um, uh, all kidding aside, it really is quite something to see just the amount of vendors that are there and, and the different products and, and things that they represent is is pretty cool. Well, before we get into all of that, Reed, I think it's important maybe we kick off the show just doing a, a reminder to people listening in that um, you can find out more about us, our podcast, and all of the other podcasts on our network, including one that we're just eminently about to launch on touchpoint.health. Health Fail is our newest show, so the trailer's out live on the website right now, so be sure to check that out. And we've got more coming down the pipe as well. Uh, and of course, uh, could not do any of this without our sponsors. So maybe let's take a break real quick here from one of our sponsors and be right back. Using powerful AI-driven algorithms, Loyal's Guide helps patients along every step of their journey, from choosing a doctor and finding the nearest location to signing up for an event or clinical trial. Whether you are using Guide's chatbot, live chat, or the powerful combination of both, Loyal's engaging platform integrates seamlessly into your system, maximizes efficiency, and improves patients' digital experience. To learn more or schedule a demo, visit them online at loyalhealth.com forward slash demo. That is loyalhealth.com forward slash demo. Well, Reed, I always love hearing about South by Southwest, and today I um, um, really want to hear a lot about what you were experiencing over the last couple of days. But before we jump into some of the topics, and I know you picked up some good audio, let's talk a little bit about just South by Southwest and healthcare and how that evolved since you've been with it since the onset, right? Since the onset. For those that are not familiar, um, South by Southwest happens um, about this time in March uh, every year. And it's a, a culmination of really three festivals. 
Uh, music was the original one that started in the late 80s. Film came online shortly after that. The Interactive Festival started kind of in the late 90s, mid to late 90s, and honestly was just like a few rooms down at the end of a hall. Music and film ha- had always been the larger draws for a lot of years. Well, you know, in 2007, Twitter launched at South by Southwest. And I think that's what really kicked off uh, what we now see at the Interactive Festival and kind of what the expectation is. And so it, it has become larger than the other two festivals. And so, you know, 35, 40,000 attendees, uh, all the hotels in downtown Austin, plus the convention center. And the Interactive Festival really kicks off South by Southwest. It's five solid days of programming, of uh, experiences, you know, so LinkedIn, for example, you know, had an entire building and you could go in and it had a lounge and you could get your professional headshot taken for your LinkedIn profile. And I had speakers come through. So it's not just going and watching panels. But that means like for LinkedIn that you'd actually have to meet the people that you're connected with on on that channel. Maybe <laughs> yeah, that's a bad exactly. thing, right? But still, that sounds pretty incredible. I mean, that's and when I think about South by Southwest, I always think about like all the interactive and the technology. So I didn't even realize that it kind of had roots in other places. You've been involved though on the health side of this. How did health come into this? You know, really the first year that I was involved, I guess officially was 2010. And in 2010, when you went to submit a panel, I guess in the summer of 2009, and and you picked your category through their little portal, health was not in that drop-down box. There was nothing there. Not that there wasn't health content at the conference, but it was not a track. It was not a identified place that you could go and see programming. There were several people involved. Dana Lewis is part of this uh, that's been on the show before. Uh, Greg Matthews was there. But anyway, we, we had an unconference back when people used to do that, you know, have unconferences. Yeah, I remember those. The day before South by Southwest, and we hosted it at the Texas Hospital Association. And so uh, we did that on a Thursday, and then South by kicked off on Friday. Well, Hugh Forrest, uh, who runs South by Southwest, uh, heard about this unconference and to his credit reached out and was like, hey, I'd love to visit with you about health. And so we were able to sit down that summer and kind of talk through a couple of different things. And and really the short of it is, and it's not all me by any stretch of the imagination, there's there's a lot of other people involved. But anyway, health got added to the drop-down box. Summer of 2010 for the 2011 conference was the first year. So 2011 was the first year the health was officially uh, a track or a programming option uh, within the festival. It's matured. It's changed a little bit through the years, uh, even from a titling standpoint. So it was health. And then I think at one point it was health and wellness. This year it's health and med tech is what they call it. As you would imagine each year, the content changes, obviously, and so does the focus. And so, you know, this year, for example, was the first time that I think AI and, and VR, AR, you know, kind of had its own track. Uh, blockchain had its own track for the first time this year. So anyway, so as, as things come, you know, they become their own programming track. Now, when you're talking about track, you're talking about a track within the health and med tech segment of the show, or is it, is that what you're talking about? Just South by Southwest in general. So for 2019, uh, at South by Southwest, blockchain and cryptocurrency uh, was a new track. 
whereas health was new in 2011, for example. And so some of this stuff kind of, you know, it moves around a little bit. VR, AR uh, was new this year uh, as its own track. Again, there was tons of programming last year for AR, VR type stuff, but it was just inside of the health and med tech or the coding and development track or the tech industry and, and enterprise track or whatever, you know, whatever it may be. I can just imagine this, this thing becomes so huge. I don't even understand how you can cover the whole thing. Even five days sounds like it's not enough time. You also are kind of involved in understanding who actually is part of the healthcare track. There's like submissions or something. Tell us a little bit about that. But each summer people submit their ideas for solo presentations, dual presentations, workshops, panels, you know, all that kind of good stuff. And there really is a crowdsourced voting component to it. The way you get chosen to speak at South By is really in three parts. Of course, the people at South By get a vote. They want to make sure that there's good content and there's some level of vetting there. There is also uh, the advisory board that votes. And so that's kind of what you referenced that I've been a part of for a while. And then ultimately, um, there's public voting. So literally, you can go and crowdsource and vote what panels you think are interesting and should be there. And so that's how they determine you know, the bulk of the programming. Certainly the keynotes, things like that are, are driven on the South by side of the fence. And those are awfully big names of, you know, Joe Biden, for example, was a keynote focused on healthcare last year. And from an advisory standpoint, I've done the, the judging and, and kind of advisory stuff for the panels. Uh, the last couple of years, I've been a judge for the innovation, the Interactive Innovation Awards. There's so many components to this. It's just, it's unlike anything I've ever attended. I'm really curious, Reed. Everybody is trying to get into healthcare. So what have you, when you're walking around the floors of South by this year, what other industries are you seeing that are like really trying to make an active play in healthcare? This is a lot different than those other healthcare conferences we go to, I assume. It is very different than a healthcare industry or a healthcare-focused conference, of course. It's funny, a couple of years ago, uh, health became this big uh, focal point for developers. And so you were seeing a ton of, quote-unquote, non-healthcare people attending healthcare programming because they want to they want to get into it or they want to be a part of it or you know whatever it may be. But what's funny is it's harder to delineate where health and med tech start and stop. So like if you had an idea for a panel, it's getting to a place where it's like, well, do I put this in health and med tech or, or does this go in blockchain? Does this go into health med, health and med tech or does it you know, go into the ARVR category or maybe the social and global impact. Cause you'll see a lot of nonprofits like the Robert Wood Johnson foundation or whoever it is, you know, maybe in the social and global impact and not over in the healthcare. Yes. There were, you know, a hundred some odd uh, pieces of programming for health and med tech, but there were probably a thousand, you know, that had a relevance to it, you know, even in the design category or the brands and marketing category, city government and politics category. I mean, it's just, it's harder to delineate where some of these start and stop. That goes back to like, I don't even know how you can actually take it all in. It just sounds like there's so much great information for just the shows or the, the tracks that they go to, let alone like, it's probably a cornucopia of like all this great stuff to go to. You have trouble deciding. 
It's pretty wild. And half the stuff you end up finding out because somebody else found out. It's really hard to go through and decide, here's what I'm going to go see. And so instead, it's like you talk, say, hey, where, where are you headed? Oh, I'm going over to the, you know, people say by the, by the hotel name, you know, I'm headed to the JW Marriott. I'm headed to the Fairmont to see X, Y, or Z. And you go, oh, really? When is that? And they're like, it's at 2.30. It's like, oh, well, shoot, I'm going to come with you. Half the stuff you end up going to see, you never plan to see until that very second. <laughs> it's a very interesting dynamic. Today's show is brought to you by Blue Spire, a full-service digital marketing agency focused on complex and highly regulated industries of healthcare, senior living, and financial services. Rapid changes in the healthcare industry are causing consumers to seek out trusted advice, demand more transparency and access to information and content. With over 30 years of healthcare experience, Blue Spire knows how to help you reach, communicate with, and gain trust from these consumers. We help you engage with the right content at every touchpoint, from the first symptom search to appointment scheduling through care management. Visit us at bluespiremarketing.com to learn how we can help you deliver relevant, engaging content through ever-changing touchpoints that matter. You found some great people there, people that we know, friends of the show, friends of the pod. And you guys talked about some of the, the major themes that you're seeing. And Aaron Clifford is one of the persons you first talked to, right? Yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's hear from Aaron and then we'll come back and, uh, and chat about uh, what, what he shared. All right, Aaron Clifford, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, Reed. Yeah, so uh, for those that uh, have been long-time listeners, well, even short-time listeners, I guess, Aaron is the Senior Vice President of Marketing for Binary Fountain, who's been a long-time partner of the show, and we appreciate your support. Yeah. Uh, but more specifically, you have been a long-time attender of South by Southwest. Yeah, this is my eighth time. <laughs> eighth time, yeah. all right. And so that, that stretches back to your days at HCA, and then, yeah, of course, sure. since being at Binary Fountain. Um, uh, you, you've seen, of course, health and health and med tech. I think is what we call it now. Yeah. But what is there anything that's jumped out, uh, health or not? You know, panel wise or themes that you're seeing that, that you think are just kind of interesting this year? I, yeah, I think besides the all the electric scooters and, oh, <laughs> and them replacing the rickshaws, uh, I mean that's been the biggest phenomenon, and and you know consequently seeing some of those riders hitting pedestrians. Yes. Uh, yes. Besides that, in that whole that thing, is healthcare related. Yeah, it is it's healthcare driving related. driving ER volume. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's sponsored by the local health systems. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> now, um, you know, the biggest thing I think and the most compelling is the heightened uh, sense of the importance of privacy. So mm. uh, Roger McNamee, he just wrote a book called Zuck. And so he was um, one of the main sessions today. And he was uh, recounting. He's a huge proponent of breaking up Facebook and Google and you know, interesting, and, but a lot of it's around privacy, and so I think it's really interesting as it relates to healthcare, of course, yeah. but in the, really the nuances of. So we all as marketers love what we can get from Facebook and Google and the targeting, but this whole ethics, and I, I'd say too. Um, the founder of Foursquare, they're celebrating their 10th anniversary here. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, they, that? they launched here. Yeah, right. In 08 or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. so I, he, uh, seeing that session yesterday, and he was kind of recounting the last 10 years of Foursquare and sort of their journey into having an ethics committee and setting up boundaries about how much they'll share and how much they collect. Mm. Uh, but privacy, privacy, privacy. 
And so it has major implications. There are laws there, of course, and regulation, right. you know, HIPAA, of course, right. and healthcare. But are, is there something needed more to have consent? Yeah, and just kind of the ethical nature of it all, yeah. right? Just because right. you've gained access to someone's email address, is that why they gave you the email address? Like, right. should you be emailing them, right, with marketing yeah. materials, uh, right. thinking in hospitals? Uh, you know, certainly the, the the Facebook pixel has caused issues for hospitals with mm-hmm. retargeting and some of that, and this idea of passing information across unsecure servers. And I mean, I, you know, I, I still think this may be a little bit of a stretch to okay. prove out some of that stuff. However, yeah. I mean, I get the concept. Yeah. And I don't think people quite understand still to this day what they've given Facebook. Uh, realistically, given Facebook, <laughs> and then and then. Who else is using it? Because I, you know, I heard uh, Fred Trotter yesterday uh, at the Health House talking about even though you've deleted your Facebook account, like the steps you actually have to do to remove your information from Facebook is pretty daunting. Oh yeah, completely. Well, and you know, Roger McNamee, he was saying that. He tried to go two months without interacting with Google online. And he said, you know how impossible that is? Oh, I, I can't even imagine. <laughs> and he said he made it almost two months and somebody sent him a, a bit.ly uh, URL shortener to a YouTube. <laughs> and, you know, He's like, ah, I know. Oh, man, oh, he, he fell in the trap. But, you know, I think that there's an aspect of uh, all of the data that just not, not just what they're tracking with you, but then also, you know, the data that you buy from the credit card companies and credit card transactions and all of the information that you can create a pretty amazing profile to the point of it's creepy and it It may be uh, an invasion beyond what we know is happening Mm -hmm. and what we want to happen. Yeah. Well, you know, each year it it continues to amaze me. Number one, how many people show up here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yet, how much is the same yet has changed? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we're still talking about some of the same themes, but yeah. it is interesting to see this idea of privacy kind of, um, you know, pop up versus just what's the next shiny platform, right? right? right. So, yeah, it's I, interesting. I think the other thing, too, is what I find interesting is healthcare has been, I think the first time it launched was in 2011 here, the track. Yep, anyway. yep. 2011. Uh, 2011, that was my first year attending. Um, but a lot of the same things being repeated, just sort of, you know, just in a different light. And, right. you know, there's been regulation passed since then. But I, I think that it's interesting that still in 2019, one of the sessions I was in, in healthcare, actually two or three, including one from Dr. Feinberg that's going, that has now gone to run Google Health's uh, yes. operation. Yep. But it's still the lack of transparency between the payer and the provider and pricing mm-hmm. and that, that still is coming up so much and uh, that it's come up in three sessions here I think is uh, pretty fascinating and hopefully there will be a fix to that soon yeah well thanks for sharing for a few minutes yeah, thanks for having um, me. it's uh, it, it's a great it's a great conference that people haven't been right uh, it's something completely different than probably what you expect in the healthcare space because yeah. obviously this is not a dedicated healthcare conference sure. so it's definitely one worth adding to the uh, to the calendar as you think about you know where you may go for the year and what you may do and absolutely. see so absolutely um, man thanks for sitting down yeah, thanks, and uh, I guess I'll see you again next year all right yeah absolutely see <laughs> yeah. I was actually thinking about all of those people that are, you know, talking about data privacy and trying to be concerned about Facebook and and Google knowing where they're at. 
but yet they're also tweeting everything that's going on at the conference and they're sending <laughs> yeah. out Instagrams and they're doing Snapchat. So yeah. they're probably creating a, a pretty robust data crumbs while they're about, you know, running about that conference. They are. Yeah, I think it is interesting that, you know, we, we really are starting to see, and you'll hear this kind of thematically through the rest of the conversations that you're going to hear is uh, this idea. It's, it's not about that shiny object. It's about uh, some real topics and, um, you know, stuff that people are, are really working through. You also got a chance to meet up with the host of our related show, The Exam Room, with Dr. Brian Vardabidian. He is a longtime attender as well, and you'll, you'll hear that. Great host of The Exam Room, had some great thoughts. Uh, let's turn it over to him, and uh, we'll be back in just a minute. Dr. Vardabidian, welcome to the podcast. It's great to be here, Reed. You have a way of finding quiet places, so I'm really <laughs> impressed. Well, this is, uh, it's early. It's early in the day, and we do have a door right behind us, so it may be opening and shutting quite a bit, but... Um, for those that are uh, new or maybe even not so new, may recognize Dr. Uh, Brian Vardabedian is the host of The Exam Room, also on the Touchpoint Network. And I uh, appreciate you coming on for just a minute. We're going to talk a little bit about South by Southwest today. And so you and I have both been here. You've been here a number of years in a row now, right? Yeah, I think seven or eight, something like that. Something like that. I guess we all have. Uh, I say we all. Uh, a number of us have. Um what, what are you seeing this year? Anything stands out or any, any thoughts as we're, uh, I guess, three quarters of the way through the, the interactive festival, at least? Yeah, yeah. Um, as we often say, South by Southwest is getting much bigger. Every year it seems to grow and grow. Uh, this is both a blessing and a curse, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I noticed this year was this, um, the popping up of off uh, off-program programming. Uh, Like at Buffalo Billiards, I went to an amazing panel on voice-first interfaces in healthcare. Oh, Um, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And so I think these these kind of create an opportunity for ad hoc programming that uh, can be really interesting, I think. If you can't find it here, it doesn't exist, I think is probably (laughs) the gist of it, which again is back to your point of maybe that's good and bad. I I don't know. this is unlike any other healthcare conference, certainly yeah. any other healthcare marketing conference that I attend throughout the year. Um, and I think that's probably some of the good of it, too, is just simply the ability to um, see some things in the sports programming or social justice or right. kind of nonprofit space or you know things that aren't technically or not labeled healthcare right. per se. Um, I don't know that are somewhat analogous, I guess. Yeah, you know, I have... <clears throat> I tell people this a lot when they come uh, in healthcare. I uh, say that some of the greatest opportunities that we have at this meeting are outside of the health track. Uh, honestly, you know, some of the stuff being talked about in the health track is stuff that I've heard before. So during this meeting, for example, I took advantage of uh, a real rise in programming on the ethics of artificial intelligence. Hmm. Uh, Gary Kasparov, the former chess champion, gave a, an amazing presentation on. On, on ethics of artificial intelligence. So that's stuff that I wouldn't get anywhere else, yet some of the health stuff, it's some, some of it I've, I've heard, but I think for newcomers, it, that health stuff is new. Sure, sure. Um, so the rise of artificial intelligence and kind of the ethics around that, um, you know, any, any real takeaways there? I mean, as far as, I mean, I'm sure there's takeaways, but I mean, is it what... Um, I guess thematically, what, what are they talking about? Yeah, there? so, you know, initially, I think anyone who brought up discussion about <clears throat> uh, the ethics involved with the rise of artificial intelligence were considered Luddites. 
um, over the past couple of years, as AI begins to take hold, um, people like Elon Musk and, and, and others on all levels are growing increasingly concerned about um, what we're creating and, and how that could be used uh, as a force for evil, so to speak. This is where the robots take over. Kind of, yeah. Kind of where the robots <laughs> take over. So, uh, so the fact that that conversation is even happening is a reflection of really where things are going. And so I, I took advantage of some of that and uh, other things. Very cool. Very cool. Well, uh, this is a unique meeting. I, I recommend it to uh, you know pretty much everybody that I talk to that's asking, well, what conferences should I go to yeah. throughout the year? So I do think this is an interesting one to earmark for your travel budget or whatever it may be right. uh, to come to each year. So it's the same time of year every year. And again, we'll kind of plug and have links to that in the show notes and all that kind of good stuff for 2020. It's hard to believe we're already at 2020, but um, it's been a good conference. So thanks for sitting down for a few minutes and, uh, and chatting. No, great. Uh, Reed, and thank you for your leadership in this meeting. You're one of the founders of the Health Track many years ago, and uh, your consistent presence here is uh, something we can always count on. Hey, thanks, man. Reed, I don't know what speaks more to um, the South by Conference than having a voice first in healthcare discussion at a barbecue restaurant. That's so Austin, man. <laughs> that is so great. It is. <laughs> it is. It is very unique. And so there is that flavor of, of Austin, you know, all, all in and around it. I love the way that Dr. V talked about the maturity of AI because it really is uh, aligns a lot with AI has been around for a while, but it's only just now starting to take root in many different industries. And healthcare is one of them, right? It really is. And I think, you know, it's starting to gain some level of critical mass, I guess. You know, there's enough people using it that there's enough people using it. Dr. V is a smart guy. And, you know, if you'd like to hear more about him and kind of what he's doing, of course, 33charts.com is his website and the exam room over on touchpoint.health is his podcast. We really appreciate him. Let's take a, a quick break, though, here from one of our sponsors, and then we'll be back with a couple more conversations. Are you struggling with online reputation management? Binary Health Analytics provides healthcare systems, hospitals, and physician practices a complete view into managing patient feedback from online ratings and reviews and especially surveys. It continuously mines feedback for sediment, uncovering timely and actionable insights. Its management tools help turn these insights into an opportunity to increase patient engagement, manage reputation, and improve patient experience. To learn more about Binary Health Analytics, visit Binary Fountain online at binaryfountain.com. That is binaryfountain.com. Before the break, we heard from from Aaron and Dr. V. Uh, we've got a couple more to go, and these were just really, really unique and and fun. I, it, was, it was interesting because the, the conversations were the same, but they were all different. I don't know how to explain that, but you'll hear some of the same things around privacy or ethics or whatever, you know, in what people's takeaways were. And so I think that speaks, you know, to just conference programming as a whole. But the, the next conversation I had was with a, a friend of both of ours. He's been on the show before, but uh, John Burnt from the Burnt Group uh, was there, a well-seasoned veteran of South by Southwest, and we had a had a chance to sit down and talk. John Burnt, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Reed. Absolutely. So for those that are listening and maybe aren't familiar, you are the CEO of the Burnt Group, and so out of uh, 
the Baltimore area, right? That's right. Yeah, and do a lot of web design, web development, web projects, strategy, et cetera, for hospitals around the country. And you have been coming to South by for a number of years, it's much my, like, like the other folks we've talked to, right? Yeah, it's my sixth year. It's kind of my secular uh, pilgrimage every year. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting conference, and, I, and I've said this a number of times now, but it is one that is just completely different from all the other um, you know, conferences that we go to throughout the year, it seems like. So it's a, it's a good additive. Um, Anything new this year? I mean, what, what are you seeing thematically that that seems maybe different than last year, the last couple of yeah. years? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's interesting to see the uh, the kind of retreatment of certain topics over the years at South by. Like, I, I would say maybe two, three years ago, there started to be an immense emphasis on AI and machine learning, and I would say the 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 overall depth and state of the discourse around it has really changed. I remember the first couple of years I went to a lot of those sessions and I have a real interest in the topic and um, every session had a um, what I would call a singularity chart at the beginning of the session where they showed this massive acceleration that was going to happen where you know, uh, AI would start rebuilding itself and some said it was in 60 years and some said it was in 30 years and some put it at 6 years but um, it was in every case they, they everybody had a, a chart and it was sort of like the end of the world chart you know <laughs> um, and so you know that's whether or not that has re- relevance or is, is real or is something to think about or worry about I'd say the overall tone of the sessions has sort of come down much more to the shop floor but at the same time um, there is a sort of an apocalyptic aspect to it because a lot of the Sessions, and this is true, I would say, across um, uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning sessions, sessions on privacy, sessions on uh, misinformation campaigns and their interaction with uh, politics from both sides of the political spectrum, um, and a lot of other sort of miscellaneous topics like those things. Um, there, there's a real palpable sense across all the sessions of really smart people struggling with the fact that the technical capabilities have gotten like two to three orders of magnitude out in front of public policy and mm. also out in front of um, the culture, like in the sense that the, the culture has unleashed things that it has no idea how to handle or, or regulate. And a lot of them are, are pretty, um, uh, you know, pretty intense things. Like I, one thing I saw just since this is a healthcare focused uh, podcast and, and most of what my company does is big uh, digital healthcare, uh, digital uh, transformations and ecosystems of websites and the like. Um, we're all probably who are listening to this pretty familiar with PHI and HIPAA and sure. um, the whole concept of de-identification where people sell mm-hmm. healthcare data um, but they change 18 identifiers per HIPAA law so that it's supposedly de-identified. Well, the, the problem is that the, the availability of data sets and the actual tools that are available make it really easy for someone to buy one of those data sets and re-identify the data set. Interesting. Um, because you don't need that many data points to, to get to confirmation that this de-identified person yep. is. So, so that's just a, a really banal but... I think, um, consequential um, example of the kind of thing that you're seeing at South By where people are trying to figure out 
how to put the genie back into the bottle, but it's not really yeah. fitting, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's hard to get the toothpaste back in yeah, there, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, that's interesting, though, because we saw a little bit of that, right, with the, with the advent of social media. You yeah. Know, we started seeing technology outpace the law. Yeah. And... This, I think, is just pouring gasoline on the fire, or it's or it's moving quicker at a quicker pace, I guess, than what we've seen historically. Yeah, and I think one of the things that's happening is that a lot of activity... I mean, I, you could argue that since the Industrial Revolution, there's always been a lot of activity going on that's sort of outside of easy surveillability. Like, mm-hmm. it took a long time for people to catch up to understand that there might be problems with fossil fuels or whatever. But I think on another level, it's really accelerated in the sense that a lone person at a desk with the right ML tools and access to the right data sets can do things that are really consequential that they themselves may not even be able to understand the right. consequences of. And, and, and I mean, that's, that's an intense, you know, it's kind of like... Um, it's kind of like a lot of consequential aspects of human life have moved online, and it is really anarchy online in a way like that's like the Wild West still in a much deeper way than people realize. <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, policymakers and responsible people and others are just kind of a little bit left in the dust as all these things are flying around. So, I mean, I, to me, that's been the theme of the conference this year is just understanding... The depth and real-world examples of that, a um, l- lot of stuff on um, not just in the U.S. the the issues with uh, political manipulation through social media in the U.S., but in third-world countries where you can have you can have the possibility of like ma- like a major you know ethnic cleansing incidents uh, you yeah. know a- occur, um, and um, you know like uh, there was I was in two. Just to give a little bit of texture on that, I was in two sessions where it was talked about the fact that in Africa, where there's a lot of use of Facebook and there's a lot of ethnic tensions, um, there's huge sections of Africa where Facebook has no one who speaks uh, the native language to be able to do moderation. So if somebody's calling for and reproducing a call to arms against the neighboring ethnic group, you know, Facebook has, has, doesn't have the ability to know that's yeah. going on. Yeah. So interesting, I mean, it's just another, it's like the healthcare example, just another example of where the, the, the tools are enabling, you know, good stuff and bad stuff at the same time. Yeah. Well, I think these are just great examples of um, obviously things that you can consume when you're here at the conference and it's, you know, for people that haven't been I think the perception sometimes of South by is that it's parties and concerts, and I mean mm-hmm. certainly you can find any number you know, as much of that as yeah. you want, but there really is some meaty stuff here. So I appreciate oh, you, yeah. you hanging out for a minute and and uh, and chatting and, and sharing you know, a little I, bit. I've been coming here for six years, and every year, starting with second year, I've been waiting for myself to get disillusioned with it. But I think it's it's extremely eclectic. It's extremely well curated and it's extremely long on substance and for somebody like me who's just a generally curious person wants to understand as much as I can it's like incredible value for the money because I can sit in six or eight sessions in a day and you know not just learn a few things but really have like my perspectives really broadened by them Um, 
and yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's nice to visit Austin too. It's a great food scene and sure. everything, but I really come for the the information. And in fact. I never quite get my fill because every day I, I might see six or eight things in a day, but there's like 26 other things I wanted to see. So, I know. Yeah. I know. Well, hey, well, thanks for thanks for hanging out for sure. a minute. And I uh, look forward to uh, having you back on the show in the future. Yeah, thanks so much for doing it. You know, Reed, I think it's kind of a little crazy to think about what he what he was referencing about the fact that we talk about de-identifying patient data a lot, and yet the technology is so sophisticated that we can now re-identify that patient data by buying other data sources. That's just crazy. Is it really the Wild West out there? It seems like it, I guess. <laughs> uh, that's what they're saying. It really is. And that's just a great example of you know, the technology outpacing the policy and the law and, you know, some of that kind of stuff. John's a, obviously a very smart guy and uh, has done some some really neat projects in the space. And so you can see that leaders in their field continue to come back year over year to consume more content. I definitely have to go next year, Reed. Promise me I can crash on your couch or something. Yeah, yeah, you should. You should. So, so we hit privacy. We talked about AI. We talked about ethics. There certainly are a couple of other trends, right, that you heard, and um, maybe that comes up in some of the other interviews you did? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, this next one with uh, Zach Giwad and Stephen Cutberth, uh, who are uh, the co-hosts of our newest show called Health Fail, uh, they both also uh, work together, and you'll hear more about that. But they were uh, really part of a special piece uh, around the health house, and, you know, I I'm not, I don't want to steal their thunder, so let's uh, let's roll their their clip, and you'll hear something a little bit different than uh, you've heard to this point. Zach, Stephen, welcome to the podcast. Thank Thanks. you. Yeah. So, uh, Zach Giwa, Stephen Cutberth, both with the Karis Group, and uh, if you've been paying attention here lately, are the co-hosts of the newest Touchpoint Media show, Health Fail. So, if uh, you're not familiar, you'd like to know more about that, you can visit the website touchpoint.health and uh, learn more there. And, of course, we'll have links in the show notes and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, in the spirit of what we're doing, talking to folks uh, about South by Southwest, so both of you guys are veterans of the conference. Um, Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah, I don't know. I guess it depends on who you ask, probably. <laughs> My wife would say a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. This, this is one of those weeks uh, that... Uh, uh, it's an interesting weekend, that's for sure. And there's a lot of great stuff. And I think people that have never been just see it as uh, they think that there's parties and music and that kind of stuff, which there's plenty of, but there is some meaty content and stuff like that. And so um, ma- maybe talk just for a second about, you know, um, you know, thematically some of the things that you guys are seeing specifically around kind of the health equity conversation and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I, one thing I would say is just, um, so Brian Lang and crew at Energizing Health have done a great job really building what I would call kind of a like a home base for the health community here at South By. And as a part of that, they're really passionate about health equity, uh, which is something I've honestly been educated on, I think, in working with those guys. Um, and Friday morning was a lot of fun uh, kind of kicking it off around ATX, you know, really bringing together the Austin community. Um, we had some really great speakers who came together. Um, it, really what I would say, they were kind of cross-functional speakers. You had, you, had, you had government, you had for-profit, you had non-profit coming together, sharing a stage. I would even say different you know, political views, approaches to life, which I thought was, was pretty cool and valuable to have those disparate you know, points of views come together and have a conversation around health equity. Um, so yeah, so for me, I learned from it. And then it's been cool to see that, you know, that kicked it off. And I think that theme has kind of carried through 
and in many of the panels and sessions I've been to, especially that you know around um, health and the health house and kind of the work that they're doing. So yeah. that's something that I've liked this year that I guess I didn't really experience in the past. Yeah, absolutely. Zach, you were actually on a panel Friday morning, right? Yeah, so I think... Um, Brian and I laugh because the first time that um, he told me he wanted to do a health equity hackathon or do something health equity at South by Southwest, I said, well, what does that mean? <laughs> and, and so we had a good laugh on that. And, and, uh, but, but I think it's, it's a really important conversation. It's a really important conversation for Austin um, in particular, but I, I certainly think that it extends well beyond our borders um, in the city and, and well beyond Texas and across the country. I think the important conversation that, that we had is it's, it's really important to step back from all of the buzzwords, all of the uh, you know, crap mm-hmm. that those of us who are in healthcare get to hear and see every day and, and ask what's really important. And I thought uh, of the panel that, that I was on with Dr. Courtney Phillips, who's the executive commissioner of HHSC here in Texas, uh, the salient point was we need to see people. And that was really impactful to me, um, both from some, some of my personal stories, but also as I've interacted with, uh, with folks in, in government, uh, with folks in big companies, you know, where I've worked, working, working in the hospital. We... Uh, get bound up in trying to solve the problem or, or think about the problem so much, and we forget to see people, who they are, what, what their walk is. Um, and it's certainly something that in the last, you know, three or four months, being a new CEO of a, of a, of a legacy healthcare services company, um, we get to touch people in a way that a lot of um, other health services don't. And that was just really impactful to me whenever I start thinking about health equity. Let's see people as people, not with color, not with, um, you know, gender, not with any of the, the biases, uh, socioeconomic status that we, we tend, to, tend to talk about. So um, I, think that's, I think it's been a really important conversation. It's fairly new. We weren't talking about this a year ago, two years ago, seven years ago at South by Southwest. It's, it's always been about the hottest and latest technology and how are we going to apply it to healthcare and how are we going to save the day. Yeah. And now we're having, um, I think, meatier conversations. Yeah. And I think it's interesting to see those types of conversations happening at um, what would at least be labeled a technology conference, mm-hmm. right? And so, uh, kind of to your point, that's uh, that's kind of an interesting, uh, you know, maturing of that dialogue, I guess. And um, you know, it's not just about what's the next platform. You mm-hmm. know, you know, it's not Twitter's not launching this year or Foursquare. <laughs> you know, yeah. not, everybody's not running around for an invite code or whatever. You know, it, it's a uh, it's a conversation that I think will, that will uh, that will benefit and be fueled potentially by technology in some cases, in some cases not. Um, but yeah, it's just a it's a great uh, great dialogue to have. And I, we talked last year about um, the serendipitous collisions that happen at, at South by, and yes. I think you can have a yes. A lot of people are here for tech, for music, for film. When you put kind of the cornucopia of people together that show up here, it becomes a far more interesting conversation. Yeah. I think just one thing I'd add there is that the personal vulnerable uh, stories are what I take away. So you shared one, Zach, during your mm-hmm. session. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, that's what I remember from the session. Yeah. And so I just would, would reiterate that I think it's valuable to be honest and you know, to, to steal a Brene Brown word, vulnerable. Um, when we're having these topics, because again, that is really the, those are the key points that people hear. 
Very cool. Well, very cool. Well, thanks, guys, for, for spending a few minutes. And, again, Health Fails, the podcast, thecuriousgroup.com is the website. And I uh, would encourage everybody to go out and check out what they're doing. And I uh, look forward to having you guys back on in the future. Wow, Reed. That's, you're right. I mean, the topics that you guys cover, this is the whole point here is the reason why we're investing in all these solutions and doing all these things, I think, is ultimately to connect better and stronger with other people and really provide access to care with all of these tools. And I think that's fundamentally so important to, to remember. Yeah, and it's it's amazing when you start thinking about, you know, some of this this style of programming, you know, to be able to sit in a small intimate session and hear from the CTO, CTO of Health and Human Services or you know, these people that have really big jobs and cover really big topics and be able to get some face time with these people. I mean, it's just it's it's a really neat and unique uh, unique opportunity, and so appreciate Zach and Stephen chatting about that a little bit, and even heard a mention of Brian Lang in there. Uh, there were a lot of people that had a lot to do uh, with putting together that health equity programming. Hey, Reed, before we go to the last interview, I heard the mention of Health House a couple of times. Can you tell tell us just really quickly what is that health? What is that? Yeah, so it was it was a home base. It was actually uh, in a barbecue restaurant. <laughs> ironically, of course. <laughs> yeah. But it was uh, the Energizing Health uh, Health House, and it was put together by Brian Lang. Uh, and some other really smart folks. We can link to it in the show notes if people would like to learn more about what they're doing. Uh, but they really focus on health equity and they do some hackathons throughout the year and stuff like that. And they've partnered with South by to kind of give uh, health uh, a home base, if you will. So there's like, you know, food throughout the day and, you know, that kind of stuff. And so you could stop by, there's programming going on, of course, uh, but a great place to like, network, hang out and, uh, you know, meet different people. Actually, our good friend, uh, Regina Holiday was there painting. Oh wow! So, yeah. Wow, yeah, she was there for like two days doing some paintings and stuff like mm. that. And so, well, wrapping up our interviews is uh, another host on the Touchpoint Network, Greg Matthews, host of Data Point. Uh, if you haven't listened, that's a show about data analytics and innovation. So, what better place to uh, talk to Greg? But at South by Southwest, and so let him take it away. All right, Greg Matthews, welcome back. I guess welcome back to Touchpoint. Yeah, good to be back. Yeah. For those that are listening and uh, have maybe made their way out to touchpoint.health, you'll know Greg is the host of Datapoint, one of the other shows on the network. And so also a longtime South by attender, uh, especially in the health space or only in the health space, I Mm -hmm. guess. So here we are again, March 2019. What, what, what are you seeing this year? What, what, what's, what's standing out to you? So this is, I think this is my 11th South by Southwest okay. consecutively. So I've got a good streak going that yep. I hope not to break anytime soon. <laughs> and there have been a couple of things that have stood out to me. I've actually been able to attend more panels this year than I have in a while. And so I feel like I've gotten a pretty good flavor uh, for what's happening. And there are a couple of trends that I see that actually converge a little bit. And one of them perhaps not surprisingly, is around the role of data and artificial intelligence, which is probably the biggest buzzword this year. Okay. You know, if you look at the panels, AI is all over the place. It's yep. sort of where VR and AR were a year ago. Sure. Um, so that's not surprising. But what I think is good about it is that it's a little, it's getting to be beyond the buzzword at this point, people are actually talking about what does AI mean in the context of healthcare. And so you see things like 
conversations around genomics data. There have been some really interesting uh, you know, panels around DNA, uh, linking it to not only genealogy, which is something that people have, uh, have focused on for a long time, but also being able to do health uh, and diagnostic applications, you know, what, uh, how does genomics impact my food allergies or my ability to respond to a certain kind of medical treatment. But I think even more importantly, you see it being used as a mechanism for integrating different kinds of data. So genomics data with health record data mm. or uh, health record data with real-world data studies, um, the integration of real-world data studies with clinical trial data, so randomly controlled oh, trials. Interesting. And there are all kinds of really interesting convergences there around data. So I see more sort of system thinking happening in the data and analytics space. The other trend that, that has come across very strongly is there's a real focus on going beyond what happens in the hospital or in the exam room to think about what's been termed as the social determinants of health. Okay. Um, so people looking at where you live, you know, everybody that listens to Touchpoint has probably heard, you know, that the number that most impacts your health isn't your cholesterol level or anything else, it's your zip code. Sure. Uh, and so, you know, do I live in a community where it's where there are sidewalks uh, that I can walk on? Do I live in a community where there are bike lanes that I can ride on? Do I live in a community where uh, there is a, uh, a medical clinic nearby? Do I live in a clinic where I can have access to healthy food if I need it? All of those things are parts of the social determinants of health. And there have been some really interesting discussions about how people working in healthcare can think more systemically to address some of those social determinants in health. So it's not just the solutions that people are talking about are not just ones that would involve new med tech uh, or a new drug uh, or even a new you know, hospital environment. It's really thinking about you know, how can I arrange to have rides uh, given to people who need to get to the clinic or right. Uh, you know, one of the fascinating things is um, uh, David Feinberg, who was here this year and who was the, the longtime CEO at Geisinger in, in Pennsylvania and is now the head of Google Health, talked about actually prescribing uh, healthy food deliveries uh, to people in communities that did not have access right. to them. That's a pretty radical thing yep. for a hospital or health system to do. So those are some of the things that, that I see sort of bubbling to the top this year. Very cool. And I think we continue to see uh, health as a category grow, uh, health and med tech specifically this year. I know that that name has changed or that label has changed throughout the years. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it includes wellness, uh, which is like <laughs> nutrition and some of that. But it's funny because some of this is overlapping between the categories, right? So somebody could submit a panel that traditionally would be very focused on health, but maybe uh, maybe that, that fits in the ARVR category yes. or maybe it, so it's just like, where, do, where does it go? And I think that's one of the benefits. And, and I've talked with several folks uh, to this point uh, about uh, the benefit of the conference overall, right? It's not a healthcare focused conference. And so you can go, you know, if your world is design, then great. Go see design. If your world is uh, kind of that experience, patient experience piece, well, there's uh, a lot of great organizations here in the hospitality space that you could probably learn from and et cetera. Mm -hmm. So 
it's always it's a neat conference and uh, it's always fun to to be able to be here and this is you know occasionally the only time i see some of these folks yeah and uh it's uh it's a neat place to be you know i had an opportunity to judge the interactive innovation competition this year Mm -hmm. and it was really cool for me and kind of surprising touching on the exact point that you're making they had 13 categories of innovation in which finalists had submitted what kind of blew me away is that the categories, there was a health and med tech category. Yeah, absolutely. But there was yep. also an artificial intelligence category and a virtual reality category and a smart cities category and, you know, dozens of others. There were healthcare applications in almost All every of one of those yep. 13 categories. Well, and even, I, and I did the same judging and, you know, there was one about uh, the connecting people or something or yes. whatever that category yes. was called. Technologies connecting people. Yeah. And so every one of those, I was like, oh, well, this is how this could work. <laughs> uh, that's where my mind was the whole time. And uh, anyway, it's just that that was a really really cool thing. So it's not just about panels and listening to people talk. Mm-hmm. There's obviously things you can go touch, pick up, experience, yes. be a part of, and, and things like that. So, well, man, thanks for thanks for spending a few minutes. Appreciate you coming on the show again. Uh, Greg's show is Data Point. You can learn more about that at TouchPoint.Health and all the great conversations he's uh, he's having there. Great. Thanks for having me, Reed. At HealthGrades, BetterHealth gets a head start. They help millions of consumers each month to find and schedule appointments with their provider of choice. With their scheduling solutions and advanced analytics applications, they partner with more than 500 hospitals across the country to cultivate new patient relationships, improve patient access, and build customer loyalty. To learn more, visit them online at healthgrades.com. That is healthgrades.com. Okay, Reed. Well, once again, you have made me completely jealous that I have missed out. <laughs> I'm having FOMO in such a big way. It sounds like such incredible stuff that you learned and, and you were part of this past weekend. It was pretty neat. And there's a couple, you know, there's stuff I really haven't even mentioned. First off, you did hear the mention early on from Aaron Clifford about the scooters completely out of control, completely out of control <laughs> this year. But anyway, that's an Austin problem, not a Southwest-Southwest problem. But good night, those things are everywhere. But I, we didn't even mention the podcast stage. I mean, here we are doing a podcast, but they have they have podcast programming. So, I mean, you literally can go watch people record their podcasts. You never know. You maybe, maybe a Touchpoint show will be coming to South-by-Southwest soon. You never know. But um, there's just such a unique and uh, wide array of programming that it's, uh, it's certainly uh, – uh, worth checking out, that's for sure. Well, let's start a movement right now. Everybody listening in, let's start a Kickstarter or whatever we got to do to get us at South by Southwest next year. <laughs> and speaking of getting people at South by Southwest, Reed, you have an inside scoop on how people can do that, don't you? Yeah, and, and I just I want to point this out because people that might be interested uh, and have not been before maybe don't realize quite the magnitude of the conference. We've mentioned obviously some different things here and and the the amount of people that attend. Well, that leads to obviously a shortage of people, places to stay. What ends up happening is if you're interested in submitting an idea to South by Southwest, that will happen during the summer. So keep an eye out. I'll be tweeting some stuff out. Of course, you can follow the South by Twitter handle is always an easy way to do that. 
sxsw.com is their website, but there is a place in an online submission process for that. And so that happens in a finite window during the summer. So don't wait till the fall and go, Oh, Hey, you know, we ought to, we ought to do something at South by, well, you kind of missed it. You got to get yourself submitted here in the, uh, during the uh, summer months. Now, obviously if you want to do some sort of promotional, if you want to have a booth, if you want to be a sponsor, you know, certainly that stuff bleeds into the fall months. Anyway, once then, you know, starting around September that you've been selected, then you can go start trying to find a hotel room. They do have blocks for speakers and things like that. And so uh, I always encourage people to encourage people to uh, start getting that on the calendar now and start asking and putting this in your budget now. If it's something you think you'd be interested in, be happy to visit with you about it of kind of what that looks like. It happens a little quicker and a little sooner than you think. This isn't the only conference that we go to every year. We, in fact, we have a couple of other conferences that are coming up. And I know you and I are going to be at the one at the Forum for Healthcare Strategists just to uh, put some other ways that people could connect with us. But who knows? Maybe next year we'll be speaking at South by as well. Absolutely. Thanks to everybody for listening. Rate, review, subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, we certainly appreciate that. Touchpoint Health is the website. And lastly, before we get out of here, uh, maybe some recommendations. Reed, I have a recommendation that um, I'm wondering if you've ever heard of it before. Okay. Um, I'm going to recommend a roof rake. A roof rake. Okay. I don't think I need one of those, but. I don't think you do. Do you have any idea what that might be? Uh, I assume it's like for snow or something, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Living up here in the bold north, we found out that roof rakes are actually a common common thing uh, to have in a household. Yeah, it actually is. If you can imagine a big device that kind of basically allows you to rake snow accumulation off of your roofs so you don't have ice dams, which is a big important thing when the snow is starting to thaw, you know, and the ice dams up and suddenly you have flooding it through your roof or to your house or whatever. I had a serious Good conversation with my wife this weekend about the need for us to invest in a roof rake. Nice. I'm going to recommend that for everybody listening in that wasn't at South by Southwest and maybe dealing with the the freak snowstorm up here in Minnesota this weekend or anywhere where there's a huge accumulation of snow. Get yourself a roof rake. Well, mine is somewhat tied to South by Southwest, my recommendation. Uh, One of the panels I saw, not healthcare, uh, it was, I guess, technically it was a featured session, but I would assume it falls under design uh, probably is if you wanted to categorize into a track. Uh, but it was um, Tinker Hatfield. Folks may or may not know who that is. He's probably mo- most famously, so he's a shoe designer for Nike. And he's probably most famously known for being the primary designer of the uh, Air Jordans. Uh, so Michael Jordan's shoe, starting with the Air Jordan 3. So his third shoe through, through, the, through the number 15, Air Jordan 15s. And then he came back and he did a couple of like the 20 and the 30, I believe, or something like that. Um, so saw him speak and it was really fascinating uh, to listen to him talk um, about the evolution of shoe design, self-lacing shoes. That's a whole nother category. We don't even have time to get into right now. He was, he was on stage and he was being interviewed by uh, this guy named Scott uh, Dadich. He's, uh, I think was with Wired Magazine at one point, but he's the one that did a Netflix documentary series of which Tinker is in. It's a Netflix documentary series called Abstract, The Art of Design. 
and it's uh, eight episodes, and each episode focuses on somebody different. So Tinker Hatfield is episode two, for example, and it's about footwear design. But there's one on illustration, stage design, architecture, automotive design, graphic design, photography, and interior design. And so anyway, it's a great, uh, great documentary series that came out a couple of years ago. I think they're probably going to make more of them but it's called Abstract, the Art of Design. Specifically, the one that I really enjoyed was the Tinker Hatfield, uh, uh, which is episode two on footwear design. And for longtime fans and, and followers of the podcast, if you go way back, I think, to episode three or four, I think I may have recommended it way back <laughs> <you>? then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes. I, I, until you mentioned it, I was like, oh, this sounds familiar. And yes, I remember that show. So, yeah, it's so good. It is good. It is good. And he's a funny guy. And so, anyways, start with that one. If you like shoes, if you, if you had a pair of Air Jordans growing up or something like that, you'll get a kick out of watching that and, and listening to some of the stories. Uh, about Nike and design and, and some of that kind of stuff. So there you go. Uh, this wraps up another great episode. Thanks for uh, listening. And uh, again, if we can answer any questions, you got questions about South by Southwest or uh, got an idea for a show, even just reach out to us, LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever is easiest. But for a partner, Chris Boyer, I'm Reed Smith, and we'll see you next week. This has been a Touchpoint Media production. To learn more about this show and others like it, please visit us online at touchpoint.health.